Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with your other host, Richard Geiger. I was just thinking of the word anaconda. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, We have a fantastic episode for you. We are continuing our trek through the ages, through comic book movies through the years. You have stayed with us thus far, I hope, up until the year of 1994. So we're starting with 1995 this year. The golden age. Mm, No. 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 Uh, I I will warn you, we're going to be covering through 95 and 96, which are not fantastic years for comic book movies. Uh, And I apologize, but maybe it will be entertaining in the fact that these movies, for the most part, were not entertaining. Well, maybe. Maybe people really liked these movies. No. 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 The, most of them are pretty pretty well laughed at at this point. But as always, we should prep. There are going to be plenty of spoilers ahead. If you have not seen these movies, I mean, yeah, come on. You're not it's, missing much. You know, that, that and it's 20 years ago. So, I mean, you've had plenty of chance. But if you really want to make sure, you should uh, probably... Go out now just by guessing what films we're going to talk about because I'm not going to list them yet. I had one of these on VHS. I owned one. I Another one of these I owned the soundtrack for. Oh, excellent. I uh, I was similar to you in, in possession uh, of these in, in several ways. I did have one of them. I did not have the uh, the soundtrack to any of them. And it's, again, I'm not terribly sad that I didn't. Um I might actually might have the soundtrack of two of them. Wow. Now that I think about it, I, I did have the soundtrack for two of them. Killing the game in this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, as always, let's just do a brief recap. What is a comic book movie? Well, it's a movie based off of a comic book or a graphic novel. It had to be a comic book before it was ever released in any audio or video format. The comic book had to be in English uh, the film had to be in English, did not necessarily need to originate in the United States. Um, it did not need to start as a comic book. It could have been a novel first and then become a comic book just so long as it did that before it became a movie, unlike something uh, as fun as G.I. Joe might have been. G.I. Joe is the most of the funnest. It is. It, it, was, it was great. Uh, I loved the exosuits, and it was science at its best. Uh, <laughs> Bats. Yeah. Battle armor troopers. Good Lord. Uh, anyway, so that is the basics. If you want to know more about our logic, we will be happy to respond to anything that you send to our forums or to us in messages on Twitter or Facebook. But enough about that. On to the movies. 1995. What happened in 1995? Does anybody remember? Hmm. High school. Was Clinton president at that point? That's too much thinking. (laughs) See, I know about history with comic books because that's important, and movies because that's important, but politics, push All right. I not have sexual relations with that woman, uh, Miss Lewinsky. I remember that. Yeah, that's that's about all most people remember. Uh, all right, well, let's start simply. Now, as I mentioned, movies can be uh, of a variety of formats. We do include television movies, and we're going to have several of them in 95 and 96. And we're going to start with one. In 1995, there was a television movie called Weird World. Now, you might be asking yourself, what possible comic book would that be based on? Well, the same comic book that Weird Science was based on. And if you want to know what that was and who the artist and everything, well, we already covered that in a previous episode, so I'm not going to go into it again. But in this TV movie, uh, a, a group of scientists are working on mad theories to create all sorts of things that can help humanity or possibly conquer it. It was... Uh, not one I remember all that well. Mm-mm. I think I may have watched it once, and it was mildly interesting. I mean, it has some good parts to it. Uh, William Malone directed it, and if you're familiar with House on Haunted Hill or Fear.com, I mean, that's the guy. So he's trying to kind of still in that line, that sci-fi spooky, uh, tried to do that with this particular thing too. Um, but some kind of fun 
some kind of fun connections of some people that were in this movie. Audie England. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah, it didn't to me either. No. Uh, not off the top of my head, but the face was definitely familiar when I looked at it again. I was like, oh, yeah. Melina Katana. Mortal Kombat. Wow. Right? I guess this was the time when Mortal Kombat was kind of you know becoming popular, let's say, on the Sega Genesis. Yeah, Super it, Nintendo? Well, it had been out for a while. I mean... I mean, this was not the first Mortal Kombat movie. I'm thinking Mortal Kombat 2. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm Conquest oh. is the one that I'm talking about that, that she was in as this character, which obviously came out after. A few of those, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, kind of an interesting thing. You get Catherine Morris. Um, it's She's been in quite a few things, but the, the things that I remember this particular actress for, uh, if you've seen the movie Paycheck with uh, Ben Affleck, where... He reverse engineers all sorts of things for companies that will pay him. And so that he cannot be pressed on the stand or something. He has his memories erased, so he never remembers doing it, but he just gets paid for his work, which don't try and poke too much at that particular concept uh, plot-wise because it's not great. Fun movie. But uh, Catherine was the lawyer that hires him at the beginning of the movie that ends up you know, like making out with him and he loses that memory of that particular event mm. and it flashes up on the screen and she's all in, oops. <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty dreamy, yeah. so. She's all embarrassed because in front of all of her, all of her co-workers that she let herself do this. Anyway, uh, so you got that particular person. Um, you've got Ed O'Neill. There's a name, mm-hmm. right? Al Bundy. He's currently on uh, uh, Married with Children. He's currently on Modern Family. Modern Family. You know, so I mean, he's still he's done a ton of stuff, and then you know that was kind of neat seeing him in there. And then the only other person that just struck uh, struck my eyeballs is interesting in this one was uh, Tony Cox, who was in Spaceballs and Bad Santa. Um, yes, he was also, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, what's that Jim Carrey movie where um, he has a split personality. Oh, not liar, liar. Uh, uh, my, me, myself, and Irene. Me, myself, and Irene. Yes, yeah. he's the uh, after they get married, he's the limo driver. Right, right. So, if you've never seen Weird World, that's most of the people in the United States. Don't worry about it. I don't think you're going to find a copy. First of all, <laughs> good luck looking. Uh, but. Uh, it's uh, it was kind of an interesting little just blip on the radar uh, that a comic book movie like that could be made, and it was you know just kind of a fun thing. Pop quiz for our listeners: What station was it on? Well, you would ask me that. Uh, I have it in my notes that are not with me at the moment because I have the distributor and uh, TV station for all of them. I think it would be. Fox? No, not Fox. I don't know. I don't remember. who. What was it on? I don't know. What, what are you <laughs> going to do that? Ask that question without that without having the information. That's what, that, It's a question for our listeners. See, I would open my laptop, but I have a great standard of wanting the volume to be very good, and you will hear my laptop if I open it. It is in my database. Just uh, not going to go into it now. I'm, I'm, I thought it was Fox, but I'm not 100% certain on that. I mean, is it possible that... That'd be something that could be looked up quite succinctly. Yes, very easily by going on to IMDb. I'm not going. You're not going to bait me into this because it's not ready yet. And then you read into that, listener, what you will. But yeah, well, it depends on when this episode's going to come out. Well, this episode, yeah, it's true. It could it could be done by yeah. the time. <laughs> well, yes, there's something neat coming. I'm not going to go into it, but you will be able to find. All sorts of stuff you didn't know. Teaser. Okay, so on from on from weird, which was an acronym actually. It is. It is uh, on to something that maybe some people, well, actually, quite a lot of people saw. Uh, major theatrical release. What is it, Richard? Um, Tank Girl. No. no. Oh no. Tales. Tales from the Crypt. Demon Knight. So this was one that I mentioned before that I had a soundtrack for. That's right. Had a, had a, uh, a Pantera song on it, if I'm not mistaken. Cowboys from Hell off of that. Um, oh yeah, off of that um, album. So 
That's all I got. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's good. No, so, I, I got more than that. I actually like this movie. It's I, for it, its cheesiness. So. It was fun. It's a fun movie, and it, it of course is based on Tales of the Crypt uh, uh, comic book. Much like the the Weird Science comic book is during that period where there was not quite a lot of uh, super superhero e stuff going on. So it was westerns and romance books and things like that. So we've talked about that already a little bit about the origins of Tales of the Crypt. And we're going to run into more Tales of the Crypt after this because the series is not done. But this has a ridiculous cast. Star studded from top to bottom. I mean, if if nothing else, you should watch it just so you can point out. It's like, I know everybody in this film. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got the, the main protagonist, William Sadler, uh, who is in so much. I mean, some people will know him as the president from Iron Man, and some people will know him from Shawshank Redemption. We've already talked about him in previous episodes in this particular series because somehow he seems to be around a lot of comic book-related stuff. Yeah, he's a busy man. Yeah, and specifically, Tales from the Crypt, he's in like all of them. I was looking at, he's one of the few that is in like multiples of, other than the guy that does the Crypt Keeper's voice, that's kind of in all of them. Yeah. Um, you got Billy Zane as the, the main villain in this particular one. You know, the guy from Titanic, the Phantom. Back to the Future as one of Biff's compatriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of kind of funny. Now hidden, he's he's hidden in there a little little bit. But oh oh oh, so you're not even going to the plot of this film. Do you remember the plot? Um, it was they were coming after something, and Billy the blood is, of Christ has been split into several vials throughout yes. the galaxy. And he had a vial, which uh, actually, when you drew it across a, a, a doorway, it kind of created a seal that you couldn't go into that. You know, he had the last vial of Jesus' blood. <laughs> and so Billy Zane needed that vial because with all of them, it was the key to unleash chaos on the universe. And he lived through what, World War Two. <laughs> got handed over to him in, in World War Two, I think. Something like that. You got Jada Pinkett Smith in this one, which uh, it's kind of, I forgot she was in it when I was looking it up. Uh, she's she's basically like, if if there is a protagonist sub, like part two, that's her. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, CCH Pounder mm-hmm. is in it. Now, for those of you that don't recognize CCH Pounder, She's been in a ton of stuff, but for those of us that love the cartoons, the uh, the uh, DC related cartoons, she is the voice of Amanda Waller in the Waller. Justice League cartoons and and several others. So that matter, she she is kind of kind of an iconic voice for that character, which is is wonderful. You got Thomas That's Hayden H- Church, yeah. you know, uh, Sandman in the third Spider Man, Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie. For those of you that are just looking at it through the lens of comic bookness, or for those uh, that look through a slightly wider, you know, he was he was on Wings. Wings, yeah. And uh, he was also in Sideways, was one of his bigger hits with uh, Paul Giamatti, Giamatti. Who was also in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and who was also in Paycheck, <laughs> we've already talked about. So it all is all it related. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, Tony Shalhoub, yeah. also in Wings. Yeah. Also in a comic book movie later on. Yeah, it's got, it's got a crazy, crazy cast. So, okay, so the the uh, Demon Knight's not a lot to it. It's kind of just the standard uh, cheesy, good versus evil kind of battle. There's not a lot of plot twist to it. There's not a lot of character development in it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of... Simple fare. If you like, uh, if you like something you don't want to have to think too hard about, that's got some just some fun to it. it's, yeah. it's a fun watch. Yeah, o- over the top ish. Yeah, not too over the top, but yeah. you know, it just it is what it is. Yeah, it was it was it was silly at the time. So let's go from uh, a series that is considered to be kind of laden with blood to uh, uh, you know kind of adult fare to something that is instead for kids. That's about dead people. Uh, in 1995, we have Casper. Every time I think of that name, I think of Casper Van Dien. Yeah, I, I don't think that. 
The only Casper I I think of is always Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> the Friendly Ghost, yeah. So I mean, uh, I don't know how much the current generation knows about Casper the Friendly Ghost. I mean, it's mm-hmm. past like the two thousand range. You, you don't get a lot about Casper, but Casper was created in nineteen forty nine. Uh, Joe Aurelio uh, was the artist. Seymour uh, Reet, I think Reet or Wright. Uh, was the writer. Um, it was just meant to be a fun kids uh, comic. It had uh, Casper, who had been dead, uh, uh, we have to assume as a child, because he's a very small ghost. And I seem to remember that he was a kid at the time in the movie he's put in as a kid, but uh, I don't remember in the comics if they ever really said, but I have to assume so. And who's his best friend? Wendy the Witch. Oh, yes, uh, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss it. If you gave uh, Little Red Riding Hood a broom, that's that's the visual concept of Wendy the Witch. Yes. Um, and there were there were other characters too. He had his uh, in, in the movie, and they had the uncles were in the comic as well. The uncle ghosts that were dead. I think they were actually yeah. uncles. I'm, I'm starting to draw a blank. It's been a long time since I've read that particular comic. But uh, so it's intended to be light, fair, and silly, and just hijinks and fun. But at its core, it's about a dead kid haunting another small child. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> was it? Wasn't this a cartoon? It was a cartoon at one point. Yes, it was. It, it got turned into pretty much everything. But uh, so in the uh, in the movie though, in the nineteen ninety five movie, the director is Brad Siberling. Do you recognize that name? No. Yeah, he's actually got something fairly recent. A Jim Carrey movie. Um, uh, does it have ninjas in it? No, but it does have more children getting treated very poorly. He directed a series of unfortunate events. Oh. And also City of Angels for people that like rom-coms that are slightly odd. He seems to have this thing about supernatural stuff he likes to direct. Supernatural without being too... Heavy on the palate. Um, just looking at what he's done anyway. Um, but do you remember who one of the leads is in this particular movie? Did you ever watch this? Um, I don't I don't know that I've watched it all the way through. I know that Christina Ricci is the basically the main character. I mean, yeah. uh, a human character. Main stalking victim. Yes. Main being, I mean, she's only, what, 12, 13 yeah. in this movie well i mean here's here's the thing okay so you got christina ricci as this kid and if you watch the movie i mean he turns himself into her pillow at one point and he hides around the corner and he turns himself into her shirt and her drawer at one point i seem to remember there are some really odd choices that you don't want to think too too long and hard about uh the ghosts are pretty easy to deal with i mean she carries a dustbuster around to, to kind of deal with the uncles that are causing trouble, but the uncles leave the house that they're supposed to be haunting all the time and do just goofy stuff. It's just, it's silly, uh, but... It's 90s silly. It's 90s silly. Um, uh, Bill Pullman is in it, you know, because everything is better with a little Bill Pullman. President. Yeah, he's a, he's a, I think he was the dad that died, maybe? If I'm remembering correctly, um, yeah, I have to. Sounds about right, though. I'm going to. Uh, sounds like a good dad character. Apologize again because it's been since 1995 since I've seen this particular film, so I'm dredging uh, old memories. It's popped up from time to time on a station here or there, and it's just like, oh, hey, Casper, and then you just keep going on and change it to something else. Ben Stein is in this. Um, for those of you who don't know who Ben Stein is, he had a very popular game show, Win Ben Stein's Money, that mm-hmm. you could uh, go on and challenge him in trivia and see if you could defeat him. He is also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, Bueller, Bueller. Who was Ben Stein's, um, basically the host of that show in ben St- Win Ben Stein's Money? Uh, wasn't it uh, a current late night talk show host? It was, yes. Was it be Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. Oh! Oh, yeah. yeah, so Jimmy Kimmel did a lot of uh, stuff before he does <laughs> yeah, he what did. he does now. Yeah, he's also in the news for some of the stuff that he's done in the past right now because somebody dressed up a bunch of 
comedians and actors that have done some things that they're probably not too proud of. But we're going to pass over that for the moment. Um, ben Ben Stein was also um, wants to take care of your dry um, eyes too. Yes, he does. <laughs> I've seen commercials. Um, so Ben Stein's in it. Brad Garrett is in it. He did the voice, voice. for the Fatso uh, 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 Ghost, uh, the uncle. But the most fun for me in this, uh, the main villain is Eric Idle. Now, for nice. those of you that don't recognize the name immediately, Monty Python, man. I mean, it's he's. I haven't seen him. One of the. <laughs> oh, don't make me smack you. Uh, I know who Eric Idle is. Yes, some of the funniest stuff that you will ever see, no matter what you say. Couldn't uh, quite crack the top deck. Good, good lord. Uh, okay. Anyway, so everybody knows the plot. Nothing important happens. It's a fun movie for your kids, so long as you don't mind mentally scarring them in later years once they start thinking about what actually happened. All righty. Moving right along. Mm. So number four, you already kind of mentioned the name of on accident yes. earlier. Jeep Boy. Yeah, something like that. Tank Girl. Okay. So now we actually get to get into the first character, potentially, that people are not really familiar with. Uh, Tank Girl was created in 1988 by uh, Jamie Hewlett and Alan Martin. Um, So for those of you that didn't see the movie, haven't read the comics, think post-apocalyptic meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of? Only in tone, not, not in like powers or anything, but, you know, kind of a quirky female lead character that is entirely too peppy for the environment that she's in. Um, Yes. So I I only saw like half of this movie, which I'm still ashamed of because it's got one of my favorite actresses in it. But uh, I've just never gotten around to finishing it because when I started it, it was probably about 2004 and I it was on TV and I never just kind of got back to it. So I, I know that I watched this movie about the time that it came out not in the theater i watched it i rented it on vhs <clears throat> and it was about what you'd expect it to be yeah it's it's not not a deep thinking piece but it's fun um, yeah now of course having seen it 20 years ago um with whatever expectations i had as a teenager that this movie was going to be something and it wasn't i'm sure i'd have a different light of it a uh, view of it now especially with the cast that's in it the cast is pretty darn solid too yeah yeah um so one kind of interesting thing the director uh, rachel talele i'm hoping i'm saying that right i'm pretty sure i am but just in case uh, i tend to massacre names and i am ever so dreadfully sorry i i can't stop myself it's just going to continue to keep happening but uh she did uh freddie's dead which is kind of interesting. Uh, the show Sherlock she has directed, which is actually really one of my favorites. I, I, I love that show. But she's just done tons and tons of stuff. I mean, if you've seen some of the current DC television shows between Flash and Supergirl, she's directed episodes in, in those shows and so, so many more. You should definitely look up uh, Rachel uh, Talele uh, and just see some of the work that she's done. It's, it's rather interesting. Um, she even did some of Iron Fist, hmm. which I don't know if that's really a feather uh, for a director nowadays, which is kind of sad because I wanted that I wanted that show to be so good. But that just, Netflix money, though. Uh, I bet it was worth it. Yeah. So you got Lori Petty as Tank Girl. Uh, are you familiar with Lori Petty? Yes. Um Lori Petty was recently in Orange is the New Black. She was in a season. She's interesting character in that season she was in. So, Well, I will always remember Lori Petty for a completely different reason, and it's not uh, her commercials talking about horse racing. Uh, it is... Uh, she is in one of my favorite films by the late, great Penny Marshall, A League of Their Own. And That's true. Gosh, what did she play in that? Was she, she played Kit. Was she the, the little sister? The sister, yes. Who could uh, the the pitcher? The pitcher. Yep, yeah, yep. That's right. And I, I swear, I have a soft place in my heart for 
her in pretty much anything, mainly because mm-hmm. of that movie. I mean, she did so good in that. They all did so good in that. It also had Bill Pullman. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything's better with Bill Pullman. The president. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, Lori Petty has... She was she was kind of if you wanted spunky and short, you went to Lori Petty, and uh, it's a little typecasty, but uh, it's, I'm fine with that because I like her anyway. Um, uh, Ice T <laughs> was in this particular film. The uh, Sweden or uh, well, no, I, uh, Special Victims. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I had completely spaced that he was in this film. Uh, it, it's uh, it's hard to hard to go back that far in Kinda my brain. Amping up his acting career around this time frame, wasn't he? He, he did uh, was it Judgment Night. That sounds right. It's about about the time frame, about the because they were doing all types of uh, soundtracks for movie. Like soundtracks for movies were good and big. Yeah. At, about that time frame, that one had the one where they were mixed like hip hop artists and like metal artists together. It wasn't that great, but yeah, I just uh, you know it's kind of funny. We were talking about Ice T a little bit earlier tonight, just because on Twitter, you know, I'm constantly saying things, and by constantly, I mean intermittently throughout the day. <laughs> you never know when I'm going to tweet something out, and it just you know the other day I tweeted something as a response to Ice T, and he liked it. And it made me feel special. I am pretty. <laughs> I feel just, pretty. You're so pretty. Just a, just a small, small little ego boost. Uh, but uh, so, yeah. So you got uh, the the fantastic rapper in an acting capacity. You got Naomi Watts in it. I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. I mean, he there. if you're going to have kind of a classic actor in something... He is a great choice. Now, I know I have my favorite thing that he's ever been in. Do you do you have something that you're particularly fond of that he was in? Malcolm McDowell. So he was in he was in a Star Trek movie, right? Generations. Yes, he sure was. Um, was he he was a young pup in Clockwork Orange, right? Yes, he was. Okay, um, those are the two. I mean, there I'd have to look at him his list. Just to, those are the two that pop up in the top of my head. So. One of the one of my favorite television shows that was not a comic book television show, but felt like it was, uh, that started fantastic and just kind of slowly died over the course of the seasons. Uh, Heroes. He was Linderman, uh, the main villain. Well, kind of the main villain at first. Uh, definitely a prominent uh, antagonist. Let's put it that way. Um, he plays the antagonist quite well. A lot, yes, and it's, it's hard to uh, hard to fault him. Um, so that was kind of interesting. You've got James Hong in this. Um, so everybody knows James Hong for his most prominent role in R.I.P.D. I'm just kidding. He was in that, but no, nobody really thinks of him for that. Um, big Trouble in Little China, man. Lo Pan. I mean, so. I don't think I don't know if people associate that. Maybe maybe it's just me that uh, people don't think of that as a um, John Carpenter movie. Like, no. am, I, am I wrong? Like like you, you, I think you a lot of people nowadays think of John Carpenter movies as like zombie or yeah. post apocalyptic type things, but not Big Trouble in Little China. No, that's still I, that is a movie. If it comes on, I will watch it no matter what because it's it is camp. At its best. Yeah, I tend to. You're right. If it's on, like, yeah, I'm not changing. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick on this channel every time. Uh, a young Kim Cattrall. And, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, but he he put he plays the main villain in that. But some other people so that are not quite of the same age bracket as we are may uh, instead uh, recognize him more as Mr. Ping from Kung Fu Panda. Jack Black was. Uh... The panda. Yes, he is. Yeah, he was. And then, of course, last but not least, the only other person I'm going to bring up, and only briefly, because I am amazed at the number of times this particular name pops up in comic book movies. The musical artist, I see, is not the only one in this movie that is a musical artist. The man of skin and skeleton. Yeah, Iggy Pop, man. Iggy Pop? How many movies is this guy in? 
I think he makes quite a bit of just small appearances here and there. I don't, I don't know if he's got an in with some agency or some agent. Just hey, you need a you need somebody to pop up for five seconds. Let's put let's put Iggy in there. I just think that's hilarious. He's like he's kind of like. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm feeling terrible because I'm mis I'm misremembering the or not misremembering but completely forgetting the name of the actor that played Cliff Clavin on uh, Cheers Ratzenberger Ratzenberger yeah uh, and how he's in every DreamWorks film everyone everyone just because he's their good luck charm that's maybe yeah. Iggy Pop is that way it's like we need a little boost just just bring him in for a minute it'll be, it'll be good it'll be enough to get. A little bit of cred. And the Ratzenberger thing like is legit. Look it up. He's in every single DreamWorks <laughs> animated show. Everyone. Yes, it's, it's, that is nuts. Okay, so we've kind of cleared out the the stuff that most of you likely did not watch in 1995 and just kind of tried to highlight some of the interesting stuff with it. And there's a couple left that most likely most of you still didn't watch. I don't know. I I have fond memories for one of them for an unrelated reason and uh, no fond memories of the other uh, for pretty obvious reasons. But, well, that's not true. I, I It's, again, uh, one of them is particularly campy and then the other one is more campy. <laughs> so you get to decide which is which here in a minute. Um, okay, so... For those of us that don't know any better, I am the law. Or Mr. I am the law. <laughs> 1995. See, some of you might have gotten uh, spoiled by the newer versions of Judge Dredd that came out, but there was one that was released in 1995. Now, Judge Dredd is essentially a space cop, but not a space cop. Kind of. Future cop. Future cop. Um but the character was actually created in 1977. Uh, Carlos Esquera and John Wagner, um, I believe it's in a comic called AD 2000, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but uh, so it was, it was intended to be very futuristic. And what's more futuristic than a motorcycle cop with uh, Michael Jackson attire on, <laughs> essentially, That's and a true. welding mask. Um, that's what it always reminded me of. But so he's supposed to be this just hardcore badass cop, uh, and you know, kind of kind of gets the job done no matter what. So it's 1995. Who are you going to cast as that? Just about anybody but Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I'm not sure where they got that particular casting choice. I love Stallone, and it was funny. For him to be in that particular role, I, I'm not sure that was the intent. Well, so he, here's here's the thing about this movie. Like I said, I owned one on VHS, and this was one I watched it. I watched it a lot. I I felt um, it's when you watch the Star Wars movies now, and if you have kids, and you're like, how are you going to present watching Star Wars movies? You're going to watch the old ones first, and then the new ones, and then they roll into the even newer ones, right? And the old ones have a feel to them, and they have a look, and the new ones have a feel to them, and the look. With this Judge Dredd movie, I feel like if you saw this first one, and then you saw the second one. You're like, oh my gosh! But if you went the other way around, it's like you saw this. You saw the most modern one, right? It's like, oh, I know what to expect. Oh man, I'm gonna go back and watch this one from 1995, and oh, you'd have you'd be in for a rude awakening, man. I watched Jurassic Park, and I understand the terror and perils of dinosaurs. So I'm going to see the earlier one. I think it's called the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <coughs> like. Have have you seen the newest Judge Dredd? Uh, bits and pieces. It is. Is it solid? Really good. The little bit I saw, I liked. I just haven't gotten around to finishing it. Yeah, it needs to have a sequel. Or I, I thought they saw talks of doing it as like a a seat, like a ten episode Ooh, season type thing. That'd have been nice. And all the like the the Carl Urban is down for doing it. He loved the character. I mean, it's. Really, really, really well received, but didn't make like a whole lot of money. So well, I'll watch Carl Urban in anything. Yeah, it's, I, I love that dude. It's really good. Then you watch this one, and 
it has moments. It has its moments. You know, you know, like if it's it's 90s good. If that makes sense. Yeah, that, that may be stretching it. But <laughs> it's 90s okay. It's 90s okay. Um, I saw this in the theater. Who? And this is the one that I talked about that had kind of uh, uh, a reason that I liked it that had a little diz. It was just, it was just uh, a date movie. So if you can tell, ladies, <laughs> I have no taste in date movies. Uh, I didn't know any better. Uh, I was young at the time. I thought it would be good. Not exactly what I would think would have commemorated the uh, the first movie I took my soon not soon to be but soon enough to be wife to. But see, that's that's just it. When he, when you can take your soon to be or not not known to you soon to be wife to something like that, and you can come out of it and quote enjoy it. Well, you know, not hate it. Not hate it. Not hate it. And then still be available for. A second date? No, you got a winner. Yeah, you know definitely got a winner right there. Yeah, and uh, thank goodness. Uh, I, I had I had some nervousness about halfway through the movie. It's like, oh, she's she's going to dump me right as soon as this is over. Maybe not even before it's over. So, uh, my, my wife and I, our first date, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, that's not yeah, eh, eh, whatever. You we're you know still in college. It wasn't that big yeah. a deal. But the follow up. To the date that same night. You know what I took her to do? Uh, I don't know if I want to know. Grocery shopping. Oh. Oh. Killer. But I'm telling you, you'll weed out people real quick. <laughs> and you can have amazing conversations and learn a lot about somebody walking up and down aisles of a grocery store. That's true. If little you tip look, for everybody If out you there. look at what they're eating and you go, there's no way I can stay with this guy. Uh, his main uh, his main form of sustenance is uh, pork rinds. <laughs> there's a problem. Here. So it's, it's, it's a real good way to do something without doing anything. That's true. Because you end up talking a lot. So. Yeah. All right. So anyway, back to the movie. Um, Danny Cannon is the director. Now, it's kind of interesting. He's got more producer titles than than director. Uh, Probably because of this movie. (laughs) Maybe. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, the current show Gotham, he produces Gotham and has directed several episodes. Hmm. Interesting. I think it's canceled now. But yeah. Well, I don't know about canceled, but... They only did a three-season run. I don't know that they canceled it, but they maybe only planned for it. I don't know. I don't 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 watch it. So, So obviously, we talked about Stallone being the main one. Now, Armand Asante. Is amazing. He's like the best part of the movie. (laughs) Because I love that dude. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen uh, 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 American Gangster. I mean, he's the Italian mafia guy. If you've seen half of his other films, he's the Italian mafia guy. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's Uncle Rico in this. Yeah, it's uh, the. That's not. That, he's not Uncle Rico, but yeah, yeah. But uh, he's fantastic and everything. Rob Schneider, you generally either love him or hate him. Um, yeah, so like if, if that gives you any indication, if you haven't seen this one and you've seen the the current Judge Dredd. And Rob Schneider's in this one. You have an idea of what you're getting yeah. into. I love Rob Schneider. Um, Just reminds me of the South Park episode. Rob Schneider is a carrot. <laughs> uh, Max von Sydow is one of the judges in this, which is kind of cool. I love seeing Max von Sydow appears pretty much anything. Now, do you remember there are three prominent people in this original Judge Dread? You got Stallone as Judge Dread. Mm-hmm. You've got. Uh, uh, the kind of quirky thief sidekick with Rob Schneider, but there's another judge that goes around with Judge Dredd. Do you remember who that is? Diane Lane. Yes, indeed. Now, for those of you playing at home, she has other comic book ties. Most recently, she was Martha Kent. That's true. In Soups. Yes. And in the Justice League. Yeah, well, we'll ignore that. Um, but you know, still dying late. Awesome. Batman versus Superman too. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically our memories of Judge Dredd and what it's kind of a fun movie. It's it's Mm -hmm. as long as you don't take it too seriously. Now this next movie, 
a lot of people took really seriously because it is a sequel in a prestigious line of films that they keep making versions of because it's got one of the best comic characters of all time in it. You've got Batman Forever, 1995, uh, where they started steering away from the kind of weird spookiness of Tim Burton's impersonation, or not impersonation, but interpretation of the Batman series uh, into the Schumacher, uh, what were you thinking, 60s style camp. Yeah, just, just bad. Well, you know, it may not be fair to say it's Schumacher's doing I don't know who was behind it, whether it was the writer, whether it was the director, whether it was the studio. I mean, I can understand the studio wanting to get away from kind of the, the darker Tim Burton stuff. I get that. But... Lots of colors. Yeah. It's like seizure-laden. So, in in a certain sense, in the first couple of the Batman folks, right? Like Batman movie, Tim Burton in this series, right? I felt like the the, the bad guys. We fo- I, th- I feel like we focus a lot on the bad guys because oh, yeah. a good bad guy is a crucial element to any yeah. good comic book, story, movie, any of that type of stuff. They're often more interesting. And th- the bad guys had some elements of development to an extent to them, but they were more... They weren't over the top, right? They were more grounded yeah. in their look and their feel. For right? the most part, anyway. Then you get to this movie. This steaming pile. And I mean, yeah, it's not like Clooney, uh, <laughs> Batman and well, Robin. We'll get to ugh. that one. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you would think with names like Val Kilmer and Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey and Nicole Kidman... I mean, you can't get much better of a cast than what they've got in this film. So, like, if you look at Batman the Animated Series, I feel like, in a certain sense, like, they took the characters right out of there and stuck them in this movie. And, and like, that, no. No. That ain't going to work. I mean, Jim Carrey is was in his spastic period at this point. I mean, he hadn't done anything where you go, oh, he can actually be more serious or possibly even uh, disturbing. No, no, it's just he's still like the mask and liar, liar, and just bouncing off the walls, Riddler. It's just I do feel like that if someone else directed this movie. And they still had him as the Riddler. They could have toned him down. Been good. I, I think that they let they told him they probably I don't know I don't know this I just been watching like just go crazy yeah we'll we'll just just, we'll just do it something yeah but but this one had just a lot like it had a lot of gosh like it, it had I feel like it had a lot. Going on in it too, like yeah, it, it wasn't did. just a bad guy or a bad guy. And like no, there like there was too many bad guys. It yeah. just, I don't know. So so I many mean, things wrong with this. Movie. You know, Tommy Lee Jones. I love Tommy Lee Jones. Um, not the Two Face that I would have hoped for. Um, we got a good one later, I think. Pretty good. In, yeah. In the Nolan series, but uh, uh, again, I can't really fault him. He's told some interesting stories about uh, his time as Two Face in that particular film. I'm not going to try and recount them because I will not do them justice. But take a look; yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but uh, Chris O'Donnell still is Robin. A lot of the, all the people from the previous ones that had the major positions. It's still the same Jim Gordon. It's still the same. Uh, uh, still the same. Uh, Irish policeman. I'm spacing at the moment, but uh, kind of interesting. Drew Barrymore is even in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she plays Sugar. Sugar. And uh, yeah, you've got uh, Debbie Mazar is Spice. Uh, kind of interesting that you got some people in there. Um, yeah, so Drew, Drew Barrymore I could care less about. Um, Debbie Mazar is in Entourage. And she's got a show with her husband on, like, the Food Network cooking channel, which is real fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's cool. Though my two favorite kind of little hidden gems in this film, and they're definitely small and fairly hidden, is uh, 
you've got John Favreau plays like an assistant to somebody in this. So really small part, but you know, I'll, again, an actor I love, a director I love, and pretty much anything. But uh, Rene Aubergeois, uh, I believe I pronounced correctly. That, Very good. Now, yeah, I will often say this, uh, uh, and I've already said it in this episode. I massacre names, and I apologize for it. But for the most part, everybody understands I'm an idiot. Um, this is one individual. If I ever had a chance to meet, I would be so embarrassed to mispronounce his name because he is one of my favorite actors for several reasons. Believe it or not, I grew up as one of the shows that I watched was Benson, and he was in Benson for that entire run, and I I, I like that show. I'm I'm sure I'm one of the the 20 people that actually watched it. But uh, fantastic little fun show. But then he came back to me in Deep Space Nine as Odo, and he's so iconic in that role, mm. role, and he's just fantastic in everything. And so I kind of had some fun seeing him in that film, just that, that little piece. That snippet, yeah. And Odo, Odo, that's an iconic character for that uh, show. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that wraps up 1995. I saved arguably the best for last, the most recognizable. How about that? Most recognizable for last. Most likely to have been seen by people for last. Oh, that was painful. Okay, um, let's get away from that, and we're going to go with the least recognizable from 1996. Um, This is a direct-to-video film. So pretty good. Uh, Yeah, Uh, we've got uh, Vampirella, 1996. Now, this is another character that you may not be familiar with. Uh, I've got two words for you. Space vampires. <laughs> that's sweet. That's what Vampirella is. They go, you know, space vampires is cool, but what if the main space vampire, this woman, also only wears bathing suits? Uh, very revealing bathing suits. It's hot in space. Apparently, you know. It's, it's pure fan service, um, but... Uh, the character was actually made in 1969. Uh, Trina Robbins and Force J. Ackerman, kind of a kind of an interesting uh, interesting read. It it's actually better than it sounds in the comics. It's actually pretty decent. Um, I it's one of those things. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure, but I always enjoyed it in the comics. Um, and of course, there's all the posters. I could have cared less about the posters, but the comics were pretty good. Um, not much to say about this movie. There's only really two notes that, that struck me. Uh, you got Talissa Soto as the lead. Now, I've already brought up Mortal Kombat. Well, you know what? She was also in a Mortal Kombat movie as Katana. Kind of an interesting thing. You go from one year to the next, and you get two different women that have been in a Mortal Kombat film. Yeah, I've heard of her before. And, in fact, the same character from different Mortal Kombat films. Interesting. But uh, the other thing, you've got Roger Daltrey as Vlad. Now, if you're not sure who Roger Daltrey is, I don't blame you if you're younger. Um, uh, if you if you are around us we'll, we'll, uh, and you ask us who Roger Daltrey is, we'll go, who? And you'll go, Roger Daltrey. And we'll go, who? Because that's funny. Um, but <laughs> lead singer of the band The Who, fantastic musician. Uh, and he's popped up in a lot of video, uh, a lot of movies and TV shows. My favorite, he was a recurring character in the Highlander television show with uh, Adrian Paul. Adrian Paul, yeah, that's true. And and they even linked those those TV that TV show up with the actual movies. Oh too. yeah, it's it's all one universe uh, in Highlander Endgame. The both Adrian Paul and Lambert. Uh, are in that, and it's all kind of one thing. And, you know, Lambert was in the show, too. I mean, it was just kind of all a a shared thing. But my favorite bit, and this has nothing to do with the movie Vampirella, because I did not see it, um, uh, is that uh, in in the Highlander show, there's a fantastic scene where they do a flashback to Adrian Paul and um, Roger Daltrey playing golf in the woods of Scotland back in, you know, forever ago in the it just it's a ridiculous concept and that will still stick with me as just one of the funnier things i've ever seen hmm. um okay so i'm not even going to stick with this we're just going to skip past the next um now we're going to go from direct to video to direct to tv 
Um, were you an X-Men fan as a kid? Yes. Do you remember what they did to the X-Men once they realized that they were popular? Um, they put them on a cartoon? Well, they did that. But in the comic books, they go, huh, we need to milk this cash cow. So we'll have X-Men. But we'll also have Uncanny X-Men. Well, that's not enough. It's basically the same team. You'll have some. We need another team. What about X-Factor? Ooh, yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, too. Uh, we need more. Uh, X-Force. X-Force. New Mutants. Okay. Uh, and they just kept releasing more and more. Well, in 1996, there is a TV movie that is based upon one of these expansionary comic books, Generation X. Um, I, I believe it's fair to say one of the weakest groupings of heroes to ever grace a comic book. Some truly odd ones, to be sure. And uh, like Chamber was a primary member of the uh, Generation X. Chamber's power is he had this energy projection thing, if I remember correctly. But you most most people remember him as the person that's missing half of his head, uh, the lower half, and a portion of his chest because the energy is constantly trying to escape. But his mutant power keeps him together. He's human otherwise. So he has no mouth, but he talks to you normally. Interesting. I was sure. going to say he's a he was a judge. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so the television show has some of the characters you would expect and some that you would not. Uh, that comic only came out in '94, so it's only two years after the comic came out that they tried to make a television movie out of it. Because yeah, why not? Um, I would say that there's not a lot we're going to talk about on this. I just want to mention that Chris uh, Bacallo as the artist, and Scott Lobdell, uh, the writer of the original comic. Matt Frewer. Frewer? Yeah. He's been in just a ton of stuff. Uh, he played a prominent role in this particular movie. I'm going to assume a villain. I don't know. I didn't look that close because, again, another one I haven't seen. But he's uh, he did the voice for Panic in the Hercules cartoon movie, which is kind of fun. Uh, and Kevin McNulty, who was in Time Cop. And the Fantastic Four was in this. Um, everybody else, I just kind of go, yeah, you guys. Go, you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, what you're not seeing right now, this the slight lull was uh, was our, our, our co-host, Richard, looking at the list of actors and actresses and having a slightly befuddled look on his face, uh, a lack of recognition maybe. I'm looking for faces, you know, like, okay, maybe this person's been in something, and okay. No registry. Much yes. like an unpopular wedding. Oh, they, they had a jubilee. Yes, they did have a jubilee, which is weird. Well, I guess it's not weird. She was in she was in that group for a while. Uh, Emma Frost, off and on. Hero and villain. Hero and villain, yeah. Jubilee, off and on vampire. M. Yeah, that's just the name of the character. Yeah, that's that's a that's an actual character. Um, okay, so we're gonna skip past that because yeah. All right, so 1996. You know, I actually kind of skipped the one I intended to do next, so I'm gonna go to that one now because uh, no, no, I did it right. I just can't write uh, clearly enough for me to understand. Uh, let's go from uh, stuff that most people haven't seen to a chance that you might have seen it, an actual theatrical release. Uh, 1996, we have Barbed Wire. Now, you know how I mentioned about Tank Girl it being kind of a post-apocalyptic but with a quirky kind of uh, central character? You go to Barbed Wire, which is a post-apocalyptic environment, but replace the quirky character with a no-nonsense... Uh, no-nonsense. It must be getting late. No-nonsense. Uh, buxom Vixen. Uh, so, uh, basically... Mix Tank Girl with Vampirella, you have barbed wire. And um, water hoses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched that movie all the way through once. I have seen the beginning to that movie probably ten times. <laughs> I feel slightly bad about admitting that on something that will be recorded for the end of time. But, hey, I was young at that point. It was fair game. They made it. I got to watch it. She was young, too. Yes, she was. She's 
changed a lot since then. Uh, well, we won't go over that. But uh, the character was actually made in 1993. Uh, Paul Glossy and uh, Chris Warner. But uh, now, an interesting thing. David Hogan directed this film. He was a second unit director on Batman Forever. <laughs> Such a good movie that, you know... They go, hey, you did great on the second unit. We want you to lead up this project. It's another comic book movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, kind of interesting. So, yeah, Pam Anderson, Clint Howard. I love seeing Clint Howard in things. Uh, you know, most people, when you think Clint, ha- Clint Howard, it kind of depends what generation you are. Um, a lot of people think of him from the original Star Trek series because he had a pretty, pretty iconic episode that he was in and that as a younger, younger gentleman. But, uh, you know, for me, his iconic role... Waterboy. Waterboy or, gosh, wasn't he in, like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? He's been in a ton of stuff. I can't remember what he's been in. So. I mean, when you are related to Ron Howard. Oh, no, um, he was in Austin Powers. That's right. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Look at that giant, and then, you know, it switches. You know, the funny thing is, you know, Ron Howard obviously has maybe, arguably, a greater degree of fame. It is hard not to like Clint Howard. No matter what he is in, he makes me smile. And he's in a lot of things. Yeah. And, he, and it, he's not in, he's not necessarily the main character in a lot of those things. He's no. just in a lot of the things. And of course, you know, I was struck by lightning when I realized who else was in this film because I, I, like I said, I watched it once a long time ago and I forgot. Uh, Tiny? Tiny is in it. Tommy Lister. Uh, kind of a fun thing. If for those of you that didn't get the reference, he go watch the movie. I uh, about said over the top. Uh, no holds barred is what I meant to say. Uh, iconic kind of awful wrestling related movie with Hulk Hogan. I was going to say Friday. Well, Friday is if you want to watch a good film. Yeah, sure. But I'm talking about bad, bad, not good, not good films. Um, so yeah, he was in it and Tamura Morrison, who was an Aquaman. Hmm. Yes. The dad. The dad. That one, uh, kind of surprised me. I forgot he was in, again, been I a long time him. since I've seen this film. It was not particularly good. Oh no, it's not good. They, they, they made it for two reasons. Money and as a catapulting, uh, thing to start him for other Artists, right? Yes. Next. We move on uh, to our next to last entry in what I'm sure you feel is a bit of a death march through some just terrible films. Bad movies. Um, But, uh, you know, we talked about how awesome uh, The Crow was uh, an episode or two ago. Mm -hmm. And so they had to make a sequel. Probably already had it budgeted and planned. Yeah, I mean, they knew it was going to be a hit. Um, but, you know, obviously they had to roll with the punches. Um, well, in 1996, The Crow City of Angels came out. Now, uh, Vincent Perez uh, took the lead as The Crow. And it's kind of, you're not going to get a lot of deviation in terms of, uh, of, this, of this movie style. Somebody dies horribly. They come back to life. They seek vengeance. Exact same plot every single time. Yeah, uh, you just you know switch out who did what and why, and that's pretty much it. So it, it's it's actually not bad. I I, I joke with it. It's a solid movie. Yeah, from what I I haven't seen it in, in quite some time, but what I my impression of it in my brain is that yeah, that wasn't bad. It was it was all right. Uh, I mean, you got Mia Kirshner in it, who was in Black Dahlia, and is currently in Star Trek Discovery, which is kind of awesome. Uh, guess who else is in it? Skin and skeleton. <laughs> Higgy pop again. Um, the only other thing is kind of worth mentioning. Thomas Jane, uh, who was the Punisher at one point, was in this. Although uh, this movie is pre-Punisher days uh, for him. But I'm sure we'll get there soon enough. Soon, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of, a, kind of an interesting little thing. I don't have much to say about it. Like I said, it's the same plot. Do you have anything that sticks in your mind other than that the soundtrack is nowhere near as good as the first one? Um, this is I did have this soundtrack. Uh, that's the second one that I had. Um, they squirted 
fuel or lighter fluid or something on the ground, and then it lit into a shape oh, of a crow. Oh, that's right. Crow. The, the on-fire crow thing. Didn't they do that in the first one, too? I think so. Yeah, it was like the signature thing, you know, because it's so scary. Yeah. Has or that impact. Intimidating or whatever. All right, so we're going to finish with yet another sequel. Uh, in fact, we just talked about, uh, in 1995, a sequel that is in line with this exact same sequel series because they cranked them out during this period of time sometimes. <clears throat> but we're going to finish with what is arguably arguably my favorite of the comic book movies from 1996. That's Tales from the Crypt, Bordello of Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, this one was funny. Like, this one was good. It was a really solid movie. I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Well... Part of it may be just that I'm a mark, or at least I was a mark for Dennis Miller. Yeah, he was, he was hot. Yeah, he was. These are the SNL days, and of course later on he was actually on. He actually did Monday Night Football. Yeah, I was going to say it's the pre-football Dennis Miller. Oddest thing, but I actually enjoyed him on on Monday Night Football. I mean, most I think most people who love Dennis Miller probably aren't the biggest of football fans in a certain sense. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think there's probably a good uh, Venn diagram crossover between SNL and football fans. I mean... Well, yes, but I'm thinking more specifically Dennis Miller fans. Because Dennis Miller isn't your typical member of an SNL cast, right? No. Uh, so, like, the era that he was in, he was just surrounded by just ridiculous crazy talent stars right yeah and then when he would do his weekend update type thing it was just like a nice break from all the other people and the stuff that was there and he brought in his own different version of you know yeah drawing a circle on a piece of paper really really fast and then well you yeah. know you got the dennis miller kind of head shake you know he's kind of a crazy guy and uh and uh, it's a lot like uh Insert pop culture reference here. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So he, like I said, he, he, I felt like he was different from the rest. And when he was in, when he brought his different sense of humor, he wasn't, he didn't have the envelope. He didn't have the cushion from no. everybody else in SNL. He was out on his own. And you liked it. I liked it. I didn't mind him. I, I thought it was fine. But I think the typical Monday night football audience may not have been his. Bread and butter. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, it's quite possible. But playing opposite Dennis Miller in this was Erica Leniak, who, if you're not familiar with Erica Leniak, uh, watch Under Siege. Uh, she was the uh, damsel in, discre- in distress on the sub in the cake on <laughs> that particular film. In the cake, film. yes. Uh, well, her, her and Barb uh, Wire... Share well, some similarities. You no, know, we didn't. Even, we didn't even mention that it was Pam Anderson that was in. Oh, I mentioned Pam Anderson. You said Pam, okay. briefly. Yeah. You know they were in a show together too. Yeah, they were. Yeah, people watched that show for two reasons. Uh, they watched it for about twelve reasons, <laughs> but we're going to skip those reasons for a moment. Uh, so we got Angie Everhart was in uh, uh, Bordello of Blood. You got Corey Feldman. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the early Corey Feldman. Uh, it's a little. It's towards the, towards the end of that hot streak he had, but still kind of a, an interesting little draw there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sarandon was in this, who I love to death. I mean, he will forever be iconic for a couple movies to me. Uh, one being Fright Night, the uh, the vampire, the head vampire, uh, Terry something or other it's been a little while since i've seen it but uh he did so good in that movie and of course prince humperdinck in what was number one in my comedy list of movies i mean you can't uh you can't go wrong with uh, princess bride didn't quite crack my top 100 well that's because i have awesome taste in a different way from your awesome taste yes that's true but uh so uh phil uh fondacaro is in this too another actor who I, I love seeing in anything. Um, he is um, probably best known for Willow. I mean, he was the the lead guard, like the, the tough guy in the in the village in Willow. 
but he's always really good in pretty much everything he does. I love his voice. He's got just a kind of a signature voice that kind of sounds tough whenever he's in something, and uh, I enjoy that. And you know what? William Sadler, again. Old Bill. Has a mummy. So he didn't know he was there? Yeah. I'm not quite sure what to make of that one. Uh, just probably said, hey, I was in all like all the other ones. Just stick me in a bit part. Yeah. I'll take that because, you know, I love William Sadler. But uh, So, okay, in this movie, the whole concept is Erica Leniak is like being chased by this group of vampire women, I think because she's a virgin or something, I think. I can't quite remember. It's been a little while. What I do remember, the things that I remember most, is the super soakers full of holy water. Was that this movie? I'm pretty sure. I seem to remember... Uh, I seem to remember Dennis Miller running around with a super soaker. For some reason, I believe, yeah, I just, it's been so long since I've seen this movie, and it's never on anything. Like, no. It's never on a, even a, a sci-fi network or whatever, you know, it's just. Yeah. Oh, and, and the whole swerve at the end, you know, where he thinks he's rescued Erica Leniak and everything. It's like, oh, he's recovering in the hospital from his beating. It's like, I'm here to take you out. It's like, oh, what's that? What's that uh, perfume you're wearing? It's it's suntan, not suntan lotion, but uh, sunblock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you're a vampire. Uh, just little bits and pieces that I remember from that movie. Uh, it was fun, but not exactly the most memorable thing that I've ever seen. No, fun. Yeah, uh, I think from the time frame and what it was, you know, cool. It's a good movie. Yeah. So hopefully you have learned some things in this particular procession. I'm sorry I don't have a film that is incredibly iconic that we both go, man, this movie in this period of time, if you missed it, you are just, you are missing out. Ugh. You could admit, you could have completely skipped over these two years. Yeah, there's films. just pretty weak. Uh, but I promise you, as soon as we get into 1997, there will at least be one good movie. <laughs> Possibly two, depending upon your perspective. Uh, <coughs> yeah, we're a little ways away from... We're, well, 98. 98 gets pretty solid. Um, but, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. 98 has one solid movie. 99 is where... No, I'm sorry. Maybe 2000. (laughs) We'll keep trying. Just stay with us. We'll eventually get to something good. (coughs) But uh, hopefully you have enjoyed just little bits and pieces of trivia with us. And stay, stay with us for the next installment. And we will inform you more. Until then, we are on Twitter. At Real Pudding Guys. We are on Facebook. At Pudding Guys. We are on the web. You probably know where that is, www.everybodylovespudding.com. We have some really interesting interviews coming up soon. And considering, I just realized again, I don't know when we're releasing this episode, it's vague enough to be probably true. Yeah, go go back in the history of our episodes and look at the people that we uh, interviewed, because they'll be on there. Yes, they're fantastic. And we really look forward to having you come back and share our reverie with us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time.